and welcome back spooky people this is that spooky life and i am your host miranda and i am happy that you have joined us today today we're going to have a little bit of a special episode as you can probably tell from the title and it's something we've not done before but i've had a few things come up and plenty of questions on the matter to realize that one of these is probably going to occasionally be necessary in the history of our little spooky slide here. So today we are going to be revisiting some episodes that have happened on the podcast already and following up with some updated information. And then of course we will have our spooky listener story and a witchy tip, so stay tuned. And as some of you may notice, those of you predominantly on YouTube, there is no video to go with this episode today. Well, I've had some personal life stuff come up and I have had a shortage of time recently. I have taken on a tattoo apprenticeship. The job search continues and I am at a deficit of time, unfortunately. And as I am still just a one woman show, editing video takes a lot longer than just editing audio. But the good news is, is the video is not going away completely. I am just only going to be able to do one video a month. Look for that coming up. Yay, exciting. There will be one out of every four episodes or so that will, will be video because I should have time to do just one. But here we are and here we shall continue to be until I can afford to have somebody do editing for me, which, you know, life goals. That, I believe, is all the update information that you need and we can dive right in. So the first episode that we are going to revisit is I should probably leave for the end because it is honestly one of my most requested, most commented upon, and most asked about updates. And that is in episode 54, the story from spooky friend Louie about the wallflower and observing someone else's haunting for the first time with the strange, stretchy, creepy ghost across the street behind the telephone pole from whence he actually found a fingernail. I have had so many questions come in, not only about how is his friend, I admit the one that made me laugh the loudest was, has he spoken to his friend because I'm pretty sure his friend is dead? No, we do not believe him to be dead. However, I reached out to Louis to ask if he had any updates on his friend specifically, and he said that he had not since he moved shortly after and didn't really have a way that he knew of how to, but he was going to try. So stay tuned for an update on his friend specifically. However, I did ask him because the majority questions came in about what he did with the fingernail. While I can assure you after speaking with Louie that he put the fingernail into a jar, closed it, like tightly closed it, bound it up, and hucked it into a river. For those of you who may not be familiar, water and rivers and things like that are one of the best ways to cleanse and get rid of cursed items, things that you don't want its energy bothering anyone anymore. Specifically moving water. He, he bound it up in a jar and hucked it in a river many, many, many moons ago. He is continuing to look for his friend, and as soon as I have an update on that, I will let you guys know. The next episode that I have had an odd update on. Oh, there's actually two. It's the man by the sign from episode 60, the little old man, and then the old Victorian house from episode 61, since those were sort of tied together. Turns out that the man at the intersection of 293 and Tom Jones Road 
was, wait for it, Tom Jones. Spooky Squad member author Diana Brock actually was the one who informed me of this because she and I grew up in the same area. And when that episode posted, she tackled me on Messenger, and here is what she knows. The road names for the area out that way really aren't very old, like maybe 50 years old tops. Anyway, that sign is where the carpool would pick up her pawpaw and Mr. Jones for work. They worked at Lockheed Martin, while Mr. Jones died of a heart attack waiting for the van when her pawpaw was out of work for a broken leg. Tom and his wife... Carme lived on top of that big hill on the right in the curve directly across from Norton Road where the bridge was just rebuilt. I then asked her like when Mr. Jones passed to see if maybe I had seen him while he was still alive and she shared my mom was about 12 or 13 when my grandfather broke his leg so in the 70s probably 78 or 79. Y'all I was shooketh. Shooketh. There was no way I could have seen this man alive since he passed before I was born. But I described him so accurately. Someone who knew of him knew exactly who I was talking about. We had never discussed that story before the episode posted either. Hell, I'd forgotten it until a few days before I drove by there and then recorded the episode. Which leads me to our third follow-up, The Old Victorian House from episode 61. Because Diana knew this one too. And apparently... There's more than one child and a white lady. And get this shit, her aunt used to live in that house. When she told me that, I damn near fell out of my chair. There's way more to that house. What Diana told me so far was, So my cousin was sick. He had a really high fever, which caused him to sleep restlessly. He kicked the covers off, and it was a really cold night. He woke up feeling the blankets being pulled back over him. He looked up expecting to see his mom, but he saw a lady in white that pulled his covers back over him and tucked him in. He said that she sat on the bed beside him and began to stroke his hair to soothe him back to sleep. He remembered his fever breaking as he drifted back, back off to sleep, and the lady in white was a nurse whose house, that one Victorian house that I love so much that I was talking about, became a hospital during the Civil War. Her children all died of tuberculosis, as did she, apparently and countless soldiers there from both the Union and Confederate armies. Diana's aunt and her family lived in that house for a couple of years, and they saw the lady in white moving from room to room, checking on the children. If they were sick, she watched them and tried to nurse them back to health. Oh my god, so I saw one of the children, apparently, who had died of tuberculosis, and it would make sense why I got the impression that the kid couldn't go outside, that the kid was sick. But the fact that Diana knew exactly what I was talking about, and had story for i guys i can't even with that i was so floored when she was like by the way so that was awesome our next little update is from episode nine on the little boy so this one is less of a like oh guys look blah 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 blah, and more of a kind of sad thing to be perfectly honest my friend danielle has sold her house and apparently the little boy spirit tried to come with her And she told him that he would make new friends and tried to encourage him not to scare whoever moved into the house. And we have not yet found anything substantial on the history of the area that we think might be him. However, we are still looking. Just because she sold the house and has moved away has not sated our curiosity for who that little boy is or what might have happened to him. It will be interesting to see if we do find something eventually, because that is one of the great mysteries that I wish to tackle right now. 
but also maybe if if the people who move into the house we are familiar enough with them to ask them if they have any experiences now hearkening back to the halloween extravaganza episode episode 53 when spooky squad had our first official joint investigation the woods had popped up as a new thing behind the apartment complex and we had a lot of interesting things happen we documented some stuff had some conversations all had some sort of experience but since then it seems that the discussion recognition and attempts to discern goings on on the river walk in that area that the activity and oogie feel has calmed down quite a bit to the point of basically nothing seeming odd when walking at night anymore so hopefully the things that we did gave peace and like calm whatnot to what was going on however we are wanting to investigate and collect more evidence within the building itself so stay tuned for that very soon we have that scheduled coming up and as you guys know i'll post pictures and have an episode on what we find so stay tuned for that our next to last update is an odd one that i had i had a moment with uh the civil war soldier from some of the early episode i could not i could not figure out which one it was exactly that i talked about him in but the one that was on the property at my house i actually took spooky friend kevin by there when we did the investigation recently and because I, I was just like, hey, you want to see the house I grew up in? This is the closest we've ever been to it. And he's like, hell yeah, let's do that. We went by there and my old house has been torn down. Somebody still lives on the property, but there's a completely new house there closer to the road. And to be perfectly honest, I was too gobsmacked to actually like sense any of the spirits or echoes or things that were there because I was just floored that my childhood home didn't exist anymore. But there is still somebody living on the property and i do intend at some point to at least drive by and see if i can sense anything which was part of the intent that i had with oh to share where i used to live with a friend of mine but also like maybe i can get a radar sense going on and then that happened and there was just nothing other than like oh oh so i don't know how tearing the old house down and building a new one would have done but like there's a part of me that kind of wants to go and knock on the front door and be like hey i used to live in the other house on this property do you guys have weird experiences but i don't know how that will go over and i will have to uh screw up some courage for that one so we'll see our final update for today is actually a really happy one because i wanted to end it on an up note and that is jamie and Addie from episode 65 a very recent episode and that was the investigation that diana kevin and i did for the family that was having issues diana has assured me that they are doing well they have had no further problems and seem to be much better and there's no more scratches or weirdness. There's nothing going on in their house that they can't handle and they seem to be doing much better. So I was very happy to hear that. And those are our updates currently. As I get more, as more come up, we'll probably have these episodes peppered throughout. I don't imagine they will happen frequently, but I think it's important because I keep promising you guys if I get more information, I'll let you know about it. And so here we are. I have let you know what updated information on some of those open-ended stories and some of the questions you guys have been sending me. That's what they are. So those are the updates on my spooky stories for the week. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Ever have one of those aha moments, an epiphany where everything just snaps into place? We did. We realized that we could no longer tolerate small talk and BS. Ain't nobody got time for that. So, we decided to start a podcast. Coming forth by day is a discussion cast with two longtime friends. I'm Miranda, and she's Ricey. Where we really dig into the big conversations. We'll tackle anything and everything from pet peeves to hobbies, toxic people to spirituality. Traveling. Mental health. Philosophy. Music. Aliens, maybe? All the stuff worth talking about. So if you don't have time for superficial garbage chat and are sick of wasting your time like us, come join us for some real, raw, and deep conversation on Coming Forth by Day. Coming soon. Our listener story this week comes from spooky friend Jasmine, and these were another collection of stories that were sent to me for the House Capru Gather in December of 2020. And she was kind enough to give me permission to share them on the podcast as well. So thank you for that, Jasmine. And there are quite a number of stories in here. So I'm going to get through as many as I can. And if we have a part one and a part two, I will share the rest of them next week. So Jasmine writes, All of the following stories have taken place during the last four years living in my current home. There has only been one family here before us, and they built this house from the ground up. After Joe, the guy who built our house, passed away, the property was too much work for just his wife to maintain, so she eventually moved into town. The house itself is full of oddities, but my favorite part is that it's supposedly built with shipwreck lumber. Mmm. Mmm. I'm sure you see where this is going. We moved to a really small town, so when we called a local business and ended up talking with someone who has the same last name as the folks we bought our property from, we asked, and sure enough, she was a part of their family. She spent a lot of time helping out on the property years ago. According to her, Joe and his friends would go down to the beach and just haul home some unclaimed lumber from the literal shipwrecks. I'm not sure why there are so many shipwrecks here, but there's enough that inside one doctor's office I visited, there's just framed lists of ships that have wrecked nearby hung on the walls. And it's not just one or two pages. There are about six different pages, maybe more, spread across multiple rooms just listing shipwrecks. Wow. We've never had any especially nautical paranormal experiences, but I always wonder if the recycled wood brings some interesting energy along with it. The first chapter is Disembodied Chicken Greeting. Yes, I love that title. We have two Polish chickens that live right outside my bedroom window. When my mom feeds the main flock in the morning, she also comes down to my house and feeds my little Polish chickens. The poor things got bullied for having fabulous head feathers and needed to be separated from the flock. Also, chickens are assholes. That is my personal candid hot take. You're welcome. Around the time my mom usually feeds the chickens, I hear her through the window saying, Oh, hello there. The voice sounded identical to my mom's voice, and she does frequently greet the chickens. It's adorable. So I hopped up to lean out of my window and talk to her, only there wasn't anybody there. I could see that her car was gone, too. She wasn't even on the property. I immediately checked on everyone else in my house, and they were all sound asleep. Next time, I'll just say hello back. Sounds, Sounds like a plan. 
The next chapter is moving items. We have quite a lot of items move in our house when we aren't looking, but these are the ones that stand out the most. The haunted bra. <laughs> yes. One day, my roommate's favorite bra just disappeared. Anyone that's had to find a bra that fits knows how annoying it is to replace them. So she looked all over, but unfortunately never found it. Two weeks later, it showed up, stacked on top of her other bras. When she went to sleep, it wasn't there, and when she woke up, it was. She's grateful to have the bra back, but next time, could you take clothing that's easier to replace? That's a mood. The Haunted Moisturizer For weeks, possibly months, our moisturizer had been moving around the bathroom by itself without anyone suspecting a thing. We all just thought someone else was moving it and would individually keep putting it back without mentioning it because who cares? It's just moisturizer. Finally, one day I came home and it was square in the middle of the bathroom floor. At first I thought it fell down and I asked my roommate if the sound it made was startling since she was sitting about 10 feet away with the bathroom door open and this thing just landed flat on its side. She said she hadn't heard anything and also she'd just been in the bathroom less than 10 minutes ago and there definitely wasn't a moisturizer bottle in the middle of the floor puzzled, because there's no way this thing fell silently onto linoleum. I realized there was also no way it could have fallen off from pure gravity alone and still landed where it did. The shelf we keep it on is too far away, even taking into consideration hitting every object it could on the way down and bouncing, it just wasn't possible. The container was a heavy rectangle, and it sure didn't roll either. Realizing this might be more para than normal, I told her my theory. She paused and then said she'd been putting the moisturizer away every few days and asked if I'd been leaving it on the counter. I told her I hadn't used this particular moisturizer in over a month, so it definitely wasn't me moving it. And then I realized I'd also been taking the same moisturizer from the counter and putting it back on the shelf too. She said that she never even takes the bottle down to use it since it comes with a pump. Everyone just stood around for a few minutes going, Huh. I said hello to whoever's been moving this bottle around and then put it away. It hasn't moved since. Dog bowl teleportation. For a while now, I've been quietly trying to figure out if the sensations and messages I'd been receiving with increased frequency were actually psychic in nature, or if I was just making it all up. Any sensitives probably recognize this as a part of your awakening phase. Yes. Yes, indeed, that is true. It was time to feed the dogs, and me and my roommate were standing in the living room picking up dog bowls. My partner was standing in the hallway, which connects to our living room and kitchen area to the bedrooms, and at the end of the hallway, our office. Because we have several small dogs, we also have two baby gates in the hallway, so they aren't running amok. This is important in a moment, I promise. My partner is in the hallway, on the other side of the first gate, and I am standing in the living room, on the opposite side of the same gate. My roommate picks up one of the dog's bowls in the living room and walks into the kitchen with it. She then walks back, without the bowl, and asks if we've seen it. We're still standing in the same position and tell her, no, she took it into the kitchen. She says that she remembers taking it into the kitchen, but can't remember what she did with it. We launch a hunt through the kitchen and living room trying to find this bowl. It's unique, the only one that we have that looks like it. So there's no chance of finding a duplicate somewhere else in the house. After a while, we're just stumped. So we look down the hallway, even though there's no way it could have gotten there. No gates were open, no doors were open, nobody went back there, not even a dog. After looking high and low, we ultimately found the bowl in our office at the end of the hallway with a whole dog bed on top of it 
completely covering it up. We just stared at it and kept saying, how, how? But we never figured it out. One day, I would really, really like to know who moved that bowl. Uh, that is a whole mood, fam. I don't even know where to start on that. And I do know that this is the part where we are going to pause and pick up the rest of Jasmine's spooky stories next week. Because, wow, this is... You got a haunted house, girl. I'm glad you realize it. But that dog bowl, I think, is the one that makes me go, huh, the most? Because it seems so improbable. And yet, and yet. So thank you for sharing your stories. I look forward to sharing the other ones with the spooky people next week. And stay tuned for part two of Jasmine's Spooky Stories. Because that is our listener story for the week. Our witchy tip for the week is on stones. And since we are in the month of February, I thought I would continue from last month's journey and choose the birthstone for the month. We are in the month of February. It is the Stone of Amethyst. And because the stones have now become an official part of our podcast, I actually managed to get my hands on a copy of the Encyclopedia of Crystals. This particular version by Judy Hall. She also wrote the Crystal Bible, which is another thing I plan to get my hands on at some point. And this is the revised and expanded edition. Amethyst. Its crystal system is triagonal. Hardness is a seven. You can find it worldwide. The most common chakra association is the third eye, soma, crown, and higher crown. Zodiac sign is Aquarius and Pisces. Planet ruling is Jupiter and Neptune. And it is beneficial for physical, emotional, and psychological pain, decision-making, recurrent nightmares, geopathic stress, protection against thieves, anger, rage, fear, anxiety, grief, neural transmissions, dreams, and a bunch of other stuff. This is a huge long list of things. Amethyst derives from the Greek for to be intoxicated and was worn to prevent drunkenness. Promoting love of the divine, amethyst encourages selflessness and spiritual wisdom. Opening multidimensional awareness, it enhances metaphysical abilities and is an excellent stone for meditation and scrying. Sleeping with amethyst facilitates out-of-body experiences, helps dream recall, and assists visualization. It guards against psychic attack, transmuting into love. A natural tranquilizer, amethyst blocks geopathic stress and negative environmental energies. Harmonizing the physical, mental, and emotional bodies and linking them to the spiritual, it purifies the aura. Amethyst is helpful for people about to make the transition through death and supports coming to terms with loss. Beneficial to the mind, it calms or stimulates as appropriate, helping to feel more focus, assisting assimilation of new ideas, and connecting cause with effect. Amethyst enhances memory and improves motivation. This stone balances emotional highs and lows. There are a bunch of different kinds of amethyst, such as obviously the purple amethyst that most people know that can be cut into a precious stone. Very pretty. There is the Veracruz amethyst, the amethyst phantom quartz, amethyst spirit quartz, Brandenburg amethyst, amethyst elestial, smoky amethyst, lavender amethyst, amethyst chimer, herkimer, Herkimer? I don't know what the origin of that word is, so Herkimer? I'm going to go with Herkimer. That's probably wrong. Ametrine, which is a mixture of amethyst and citrine, and that is what is listed in the book. Now, as I always say, 
your mileage may vary. Something that works for one person may not work for another. If you have headaches, body aches, things like that, don't necessarily clutch your amethyst pendant. Please, you know, talk to your doctor. Take an ibuprofen if you can, that kind of thing. Drink a glass of water. I do not necessarily view stones and minerals and things like that as the end-all be-all. To many people, rocks are just rocks, and that's fine. If you are one of the people to whom rocks are just rocks, there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing saying that you can't be a witch because you don't vibrate with stones. Nothing saying that you're not psychic because when you pick up a pretty rock, it's just a rock. Nothing wrong with that. But if you are someone who vibrates with stones or feels that they can do things for you, you not only have your own belief, but the belief of a bunch of other people in the world who believe that the stones can do these things. Now, again, is an amethyst going to cure your headache? Not necessarily. Honestly, Tylenol is better for that. But wearing an amethyst necklace to help perhaps speed the process along, to help prevent headaches, perhaps, whatever your belief Whatever works for you through a particular stone, whatever association it has, you know, Aquarius, Pisces, Jupiter, Neptune, all that good, good stuff. If you feel the vibe and you can focus your will into something like that, I find that stones can amplify those things. And that is the associations of what Amethyst has. So, more than likely at this point, while you can probably do any damn thing you want to with your amethyst because it is your will and your truth, if you don't know where to start, knowing what a stone is typically thought of to be or do is a good place. And that is our witchy tip on amethysts for the day. As always, my dear friends, if you have a spooky story that you would like to share, like Jasmine and Louie and Danielle and Diana and all of the other wonderful people who have sent in spooky stories for us to share, please send it to thatspookylifepodcast at gmail.com. I am also on Instagram and TikTok, though I have not had a chance to update a video in a minute. I will hopefully be recording for that again soon. We have the Facebook page and we have the Facebook group, which is a wonderful collection of spooky people who are all open-minded and like sharing memes and spooky jokes and things like that. So Feel free to come join us if Facebook is a platform that you enjoy. And you can, as usual, catch us on YouTube if for some reason you can't access the podcast elsewhere. And I will be doing on-camera episodes once a month for YouTube until I have a little bit of time free up or I manage to be able to afford an editor. Because <laughs> life is what life is. We are a one vampire spooky woman show here. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope that you are well. I hope that you are smiling and healthy, that all things are looking up for you right now in this wonderful new year. And until next week, my spookiest, darlingest friends, do not forget to keep living that spooky life. And I will talk to you then. Bye.